Hello, my name is Adam Eason. Welcome to episode 91 of Hypnosis Weekly. Hello hypnosis friends and a very warm welcome to Hypnosis Weekly. Once again in my own highly biased opinion I think I have an information packed show lined up for you today and uh, today we have a special edition of the Hypnosis Weekly podcast that I think is more likely to appeal to uh, our UK based listeners. I suspect so anyway. Uh, We're focusing on the CNHC that is the Complementary and Natural Healthcare Council. Uh, and we're going to look at their role in public health care as a voluntary regulator for complementary health practitioners, which includes hypnotherapists here in the UK. So in a short while, I'll be sharing with you this week's interview with my guest, Sheila Ingalls, who is the current vice chair, the, the lay vice chair of the CNHC. Then we'll move on to a second interview and discussion with former guests. I'll be welcoming back Gary Coles and Kate Beaven-Marks, who are two members of the profession-specific board of the CNHC. They're representing the field of hypnotherapy. Um, We'll actually be skipping our other usual regular features this week. So this week's edition is going to be focused upon that and that's it. As I say at the beginning of every Hypnosis Weekly episode, this podcast is something I want to encompass a feeling of embracing diversity, celebrating the field of hypnosis and encouraging friendly, professional, enjoyable discussion and stimulating debate, as well as doing its best to inform and uh, effectively educate the field. If you enjoy this podcast, please do go give us a favourable rating, even a review at iTunes. Uh, I'll be delighted if you do. It takes just a few seconds, just a few clicks to give us a favourable rating. Uh, I'm greatly appreciative. Uh, Please do go do that. Um, First of all, then, is this week's interview with Sheila Ingalls. Uh, You probably think, uh, you know, if you've read uh, uh, Sheila's name on this episode's uh, uh, webpage. You may have wrongly assumed that I'm pronouncing her name incorrectly, but I have Sheila's word on the matter, as I called her Sheila Inglis when we first spoke. Anyway, the reason that I invited the CNHC to come and speak on the podcast is twofold. Firstly, I personally did not know as much about them as perhaps I should, given my position in the field, uh, within my own company, that is, and within organisations that I belong to. I wanted to get a good handle on on who they are, what they do, and understand their role um, and their relationship with, 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 with my field and so on. And I figured that if I needed to know more, then perhaps fellow UK hypnotherapists were the same and would find this edition beneficial. I'd spoken to Margaret Coates on on a former occasion. She is the chief executive and registrar of the CNHC and someone that I also spoke to at last year's UK Hypnosis Convention. And I found her to be very agreeable and, and keen to champion the CNHC in the ways that really appealed to me in the stance that I have professionally regarding standards within the field of hypnotherapy and so on. So I invited them on the show and um, represented by the very lovely Sheila Ingalls, they agreed. So for now, get comfy my friends, turn up the volume, sip on your tea. Enjoy this week's interview. So 
So as I've just been discussing, I'm delighted to welcome to this week's Hypnosis Weekly podcast my guest Sheila Ingalls, representing the CNHC here on today's show. Welcome to Hypnosis Weekly, Sheila. Hello, Adam, and thank you very much for inviting me on. So, so first of all, tell us a little bit. Tell us a, a little bit about the history of the CNHC. You know, how how did it come about? Why was it Why was it established? Um, we've been about for a wee while now, actually. Um, we were set up um, in two thousand and eight. Um, which feels like it's only yesterday, but actually it's a long time ago, yeah. 10 years ago. We were set up with government support and initial government funding in 2008 as the voluntary regulator for a very wide range of complementary therapies. We um, regulate 15 different therapies, including hypnosis, hypnotherapy, obviously. Yeah. Um, now, the reason that we were set up with government support and initial funding is because there were years of discussions um, and government funded work which started well started a long time ago but essentially um, started in the year 2000 by the house of lords select committee on science and technology um, there was a big report published then which is still still reasonably significant and that report identified that whilst there was no case for statutory regulation of these therapies, the public interest would be best served if there were improved voluntary regulatory structures um, of um, complementary therapies. And by complementary therapies, I mean those therapies that are most often used to complement conventional medicine. Yeah. Um, there. So what happened um, was that in 2007, um, there was a... Um, a working group, an important working group, which was chaired by Dame Professor uh, Joan Higgins, um, and that proposed in 2008 that a single multidisciplinary voluntary regulatory body would should be established, and that was the CNHC. So we've been around yeah. for um, 10 years or so now. And, and when we talk about it being a, a voluntary uh, regulatory body, that means that it's it's voluntary for for organizations and individuals to join correct um yes now there's a couple of things in what you would say there what you what you said there um one yes it's it's a voluntary regulatory body and that means that doctors nurses dentists social workers etc are regulated by statute are regulated yes. by the law yeah they have to in order to practice professionally they need to actually register with their statutory regulator um, now for, vol for a voluntary regulatory body um, it's not compulsory for uh, practitioners professional practitioners to actually uh, register with us and i can talk more about that as we go through yeah yeah but another couple of things that you said there which is quite important just to clarify is that you said so it's voluntary for organisations and individuals to join. Now, a couple of things there. One, um, uh, the first thing is that it's not for organisations, it's for individual practitioners. Yes. And the second really important thing there is it's not about joining um, an organisation, it's about applying to register um, yes. as a CNHC registered practitioner. So it's not simply a matter of paying your money and there you go. <laughs> no. It's 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 about actually applying to register. Yeah. And that means that through that application to to register then then that person that 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 professional practitioner 
actually needs to um, needs to be reviewed. The application needs to be reviewed um, in the appropriate way, which I can talk about in a minute too. Yeah. And then we either accept them for registration or not. Um, so yeah, I hope yeah, that which, kind of yeah, makes yeah, sense. It, it, it absolutely does. Um, um, excuse excuse my excuse me fumbling around there. Um, no, it's it's an arcane science. There's not a lot of people <laughs> know about the detail of regulations, so, so, but it's very important. So, so what about what? What's the main function then? What What's the main function? The main role of the CNHC for and for, for those unaware, you, you know, what, what what do you actually do? Well, a bit like the statutory regulators, like the General uh, Medical Council, etc. Yeah. Our sole purpose is to protect the public. Um, what we do is, as far as practical, we mirror the statutory healthcare regulators. We, we we mirror the same processes and everything else in order to protect the public. Um, and we do that by that process of registration and then subsequent regulation um, of the professional practitioners of those 15 different uh, professions, complementary healthcare professions. And we do that protection of the public in a number of ways, but essentially there are three what I would call pillars of regulation, which are used by the statutory regulators as well as the voluntary regulators. Yeah. First of all, we've got a set of professional practice standards, and that is expressed in our code of conduct. We expect um, our registrants to behave in a professional way, in a safe way, um, and everything else. And that's actually ex expressed in our Code of Conduct, Ethics and Performance, and that's available on the website. So that's that's the first pillar. The second thing that we expect our registrants to do in order to actually register is that they need to have the appropriate um, educational standards um, in order to, to register. They need to be qualified professionals. So we look closely at their educational uh, qualifications and make sure that they are um, appropriate. Yeah. And thirdly, we expect not only professional expertise at the point of registration, but we expect, as in any profession, we expect professional practitioners to actually have ongoing um, continuing professional development so that they continue to be fit to practice there. So they are the three, what I would call, pillars of regulation. And that, that is common across the, the statutory regulators as well. Of course, we also expect them to have um, professional indemnity insurance um, and you know things like be physically fit and all of that, that sort of thing. Yeah. But those three things are the, are the key, the key to uh, what we expect what we require registrants to have and the reason for that requirement is because we um, expect them to be fit professional practitioners and to protect the public. To give you an example, um, I'm, I'm a lay member of the, of the board of CNHC which means that I'm not a complementary healthcare practitioner, um, I'm actually a researcher and academic to trade. Mm. Um, now because your profession is actually um, regulated in a voluntary capacity. Um, I could set myself up tomorrow as a hypnotherapy practitioner, put a notice on my door and say, please yeah. come in, and I, and I will provide you with hypnotherapy um, in return for crossing my palms with, with, um, with gold. Yes. Um, I have got no training whatsoever in hypnotherapy or in any healthcare profession. Uh, um, uh, you know, practice. I, as I say, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an academic researcher to trade, and 
that would be incredibly dangerous for anybody to actually come through my door and say, yeah, please, please give me some hypnotherapy because, you know, I've got I've got no training. There's nothing to actually safeguard that person coming in off the street. Um, my non-professional practice. Um, so really, we need to safeguard the, the general public um, from that kind of thing happening. Um, I'm not saying it, it does happen um, or anything like that, but it's something that could happen. And I would certainly hate myself or any of my family or friends or whatever to find themselves going along to a complementary healthcare practitioner in the best of faith but actually that healthcare practitioner healthcare complementary healthcare practitioner might not actually be appropriately qualified um to deliver that yeah. therapy safely if that makes sense yeah yeah total total sense yeah um, um yeah i i really appreciate that that's um i, I mean it's 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 really encouraging to hear if i'm honest so yeah. so uh, you mentioned earlier um, um, you mentioned earlier, and you know, when I sort of lumped in practitioners and organisations within within the same kind of sentence, what 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 is the relationship of the the CNHC then to professional hypnotherapy organisations? How how do you work with them? Really closely, Adam. Um, we couldn't work. Um, we couldn't function if, if it wasn't for a very close working relationship with the professional associations. And again, there's a distinction here, which I think is really quite important to make. We are a voluntary regulator um, protecting the public. Um, and, you know, again, that's in, in the professional interest, too. But actually, professional associations first um, uh, function really is to actually support the professional practitioners individually by helping you get insurance, helping you network, all of these sorts of things. Um, so that's that's quite an important distinction. But we really need those professional hypnotherapy organisations in, um, in two ways, really, but in myriad ways, but in, in two key ways. Yeah. One, um, I talked earlier on about the that process of registration, about practitioners actually needing to apply to register with CNHC. Um, and provide evidence of their um, of their professional qualifications, etc. Now, as a body, um, we are not professional hypnotherapists, so we can't actually look at that application and make make a, a valid judgment about whether or not those educational qualifications are appropriate or sound. So, we need to work with professional hypnotherapy associations to actually ask them to validate those applications for registration. And we call those organisations, we've got about 12 um, reg uh, uh, hypnotherapy um, professional associations working very closely with us to actually verify that uh, people who uh, apply for registration actually do in fact meet those um, education and training requirements. Um, that's a really, really important function. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other way in which we work closely with uh, professional associations is that we have we've got our structure is that we've got we've got quite a small executive and by executive I mean that's the that's the, the group of salaried uh, uh, professionals who actually staff um, staff the office etc. Yeah. Um, we've also got the board of governance of, of whom I am a member. I'm the the vice chair at the moment. Um, and that that's a governing body that oversees things. But we also have profession-specific bodies. Um, so for hypnotherapy, we've got a hypnotherapy profession-specific body. And that's a very important um, 
committee, really. It's a committee of three individuals at the moment. And the function of that committee is to advise on professional matters and to help cement those linkages that we've got with the professional associations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely. Um, um, so t- tell me a little bit, um, um, what, what's the main focus currently? Is, is there a main focus um, that the CNHC has currently with the field of hypnotherapy? It's, it's ongoing, Adam, you know. Um, we work really hard to maintain a day-to-day working relationship with um, with the professional hypnotherapy field, notably in relation to uh, the verification of uh, applications for registration, yeah. ongoing review of, um, of education, CPD, um, dealing with um, just just current issues relating to regulation, public perception of the complementary therapies. Um, it's just it's an ongoing, almost day-to-day relationship. Um, obviously, I'm at arm's length because I am a board member, but yeah. I see for myself the amount of, of work and just daily correspondence that goes on between the office staff and the uh, professional associations. Um, with hypnotherapy, you... We, we, the, the, you're the biggest category. You're you, you're the biggest register um, uh, amongst our 15 uh, registers. So um, probably the bulk of work actually happens with hypnotherapy professional associations, just in that day-to-day ongoing um, work. We also do things like this um, with you. You know, sometimes we find it important to work together with. Um, professional hip- hypnotherapists, for example, in Scotland in relation to the cross-party group um, on chronic pain, um, you know, in terms of policy development and just general public awareness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, um, is there, you, you know, I, I think I, I think us, us in the field of hypnotherapy probably share share some some, some some issues on occasion with 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 some of the other disciplines the the, the other 15 you know the other the other 14 disciplines um and that you have you know profession specific boards for in as much as there's very often a lot of myth and misconception around that um, 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 um and and is there anything that the cnhc aims to do to to advance perception of these fields and and help alleviate some of the myths and misconceptions around around the topics absolutely we're very uh, you know, i mentioned the cross party group in scotland yeah. uh, we were it's the kind of invisible work that we do with policy uh, makers you know at, at policy at, pol- at that kind of policy level um, we um, do quite a lot, or quite a lot of media work, such as this, but also more more general media work, just talking about the complementary healthcare professions in general. Um, <coughs> we've worked, we work with the um, ASA, the Advertising Standards Authority, really just raising awareness of of what people can actually advertise and what they can't advertise. We um, have got at a local level, we've got local champions um, from from the different complementary healthcare professions who work at a really local level to raise awareness in local doctors' surgeries, uh, local authorities, um, with local newspapers about, about what's going on. It's an ongoing process, I think, of just raising um, public awareness of what the complementary healthcare professions um, can offer. We know for a fact that an awful lot of um, ordinary people like me, punters, um, make use of complementary healthcare professions as well 
as uh, conventional as well as going to our doctors and our um, statutory regulated physiotherapist, you know, or um, psychologist or whatever. Um, people people make use of, of both of them. So it's a, just about raising general awareness of what of what complementary healthcare professions can offer and the importance of voluntary regulation um, for that in terms of developing yeah. um, the profession as a profession um, and encouraging people to come and make 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 use of you as CNHC registered um, hypnotherapists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I suppose you kind of, you kind of start out answering some of the, some of my, my sort of final questions, which are really just around this idea of, of, of plans, you know, is there a, a, a is there, are there plans that the CNHC has as far as the field of hypnotherapy is concerned? And is there, is there some kind of an ideal vision that the CNHC has for the field of, of hypnotherapy, some kind of either a global vision um, that, that they have as a, as a full organisation or, or that perhaps even the profession specific board set out or have as a kind of working sort of working model that, that they're aiming towards or something? We don't have anything written down as such, Adam, apart from general we've 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 got our we've got our uh, five-year plan and everything else um, but that's not specific to hypnotherapy but what i would say for hypnotherapy our vision um is 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 really ambitious we would love for all um hypnotherapists to be cnhc registrants yeah. um, and that way uh, you, you know you would say actually we are all um, regulated in a voluntary way, um, I would see that as a sign of a real, really mature and strong profession. And that could only um, help um, professional hypnotherapists be seen increasingly as part of the wider public health care uh, workforce. Really important, a kind of mixed economy um, of health care. Um, but it, it, would, it would really help you I think actually and protect professional hypnotherapists from the danger of people who don't have your professional expertise and, and qualities really setting up um, as um, you know the example that, I, that I, I suggested myself actually putting a notice outside my door yeah. you, really do, you really don't want people who aren't as, as well qualified as yourself to do that um, in the same way as people who aren't um, statutory regulated doctors um, you know, would be seriously, would they, be, they would be prosecuted by law if they if they actually put a notice up on the door saying that they're doctors. So our vision is for you for you all to be regulated in a voluntary way through CNHC. Yeah, yeah, and to yeah, continue, I... continue that that ongoing really important relationship um, with the professional associations to raise the, raise the status um, of the profession through voluntary regulation and to raise awareness at at punter level, at my level, but also amongst policymakers, commissioners, etc., of, of healthcare services. Yeah, yeah, yeah great. I suppose um, um, one of the things that, that I find very interesting as as somebody that teaches and lectures um, um, on this subject matter is that, of course, not not all trainings are are born equal, and so a lot of people out there that that that, that, that boast a, a a hypnotherapy diploma will not meet the the, the the requirements to actually apply to register um, for the CNHC. So from a from a professional point of view, it um, um, from a training standards point of view, from my 
from my perspective, it's it's always very encouraging for us to be able to say, look, our training will enable you to go on, and and you know, it has the rigor, it has the robustness that that will enable you to go on and and register for the CNHC with with this qualification, um, um you know, as long as you adhere to everything else as well, um, um, which which I think which I think is is one of those things that that is is encouraging for the field and and, and a kind of direction that. That I would like to see more people go in, and 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 thus raising raising standards of training, um, um, is is always an encouraging sign for for our field, as far as I am concerned. I think you raise a really really important point, Adam. I mean, the training I mentioned earlier on that you know that pillar of regulation, which is about standards for initial entry uh, to the to the profession to the register. In our case, really, um, and we've got very stringent, I think. Um, uh, educational uh, standards there, um, based upon the national occupational standards, which are of course government funded, which yeah. means government recognised. Yeah. Um, there, but also we have um, a core curriculum uh, for each one of the the professions uh, that we that we register. So we've got a core curriculum for hypnotherapy, which is available on on the website, yeah. and that core curriculum wasn't actually designed by somebody like me sitting in a cupboard somewhere um, and in the same way as the National Occupational Standards were. But that core curriculum was very importantly developed in partnership and consultation with the hypnotherapy profession um, through that uh, profession-specific body. And that's, that's been a key, key mechanism. And through the, and through the, the, um, through the, uh, the very fine organisations, those those professional organisations that verify applications to register with CNHC. Yeah. So education, we spend an awful lot of time thinking about education and looking at what's required, reviewing and updating. We're going through a process of, up, of reviewing and updating the core curricula uh, for each of the professional groups at the moment. Um, but we have have got that basic grounding in the national occupational standards, uh, which are again available on the uh, on the website. Yeah, lovely, lovely. That's that's wonderful. Um, um, thank you for putting it all in such uh, for communicating it so wonderfully. Um, um, I really, I I, you so. know, I, I really appreciate that, and, and I really appreciate you you coming on to speak about it at all you know it's 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 lovely that um that, that you are accessible and that we have an opportunity to kind of share a little bit about about what you're about with our listeners um so really all that remains for me to say um sheila ingles thank you very much for being this week's guest on hypnosis weekly Great. Thank you, Adam. We are very keen to be as accessible as possible. Um, we really welcome opportunities to, to do this. So fantastic. Thank you very much indeed. Smashing. And if people want to go and find out a little bit more information or perhaps that they are a little bit in the dark, um, um, to visit the website cnhc.org.uk um, um, in the first instance, and um, they can they can track you down and, and, and send contact information should they require Absolutely. it. Absolutely. We're very keen to have that ongoing communication. Any, I, I like to think that the website is is, quite, is is very clear and easy to navigate. We're keen on, yeah, on, on that, that, that concept, accessibility. Um, but if there's any queries that can't be answered from the website, then just drop us an email or uh, give us a call. All of the details are there on the website. Great, great. And there will be a link uh, to the CNHC uh, website over at this episode's page of the Hypnosis Weekly website. Um, I'm Sheila Ingalls. Thank you for being this week's guest. Brilliant. Thank you, Adam. 
I really enjoyed that. I think Sheila gives a very good case for membership of the CNHC. Uh, certainly my own training college enables all of our graduates to demonstrate that they have uh, a solid education in order to apply for membership. And notice that I now say apply to the register. Uh, it's not a given, as Sheila quite rightly pulled me up on. Next up then, following Sheila's mention of the PSB, that is the, the, the profession-specific board for the field of hypnotherapy, I went to the CNHC website um, to see who our field board comprised of. And what do you know? I see the names of Dr. Kate Beaven-Marks and Gary Coles as two of the three members of the hypnotherapy PSB. And as they have both been guests on this podcast before, and as I have hung out with them both on one or two occasions before, um, I asked them if they'd come and speak about their roles, uh, their reasons for being involved with the CNHC and so on. And they both very kindly agreed. Okay, so next up then, our second interview snippet about the CNHC with Kate and Gary. Enjoy. So as I've just been uh, discussing and following on from um, um, our previous interview, um, I'm delighted today to be joined by Kate Beaven-Marks and Gary Coles, um, um, who who are, are two-thirds of the current um, profession-specific board for the CN, uh, CNHC. Um, um, Kate, Gary, welcome. I mean, I mean, welcome back to Hypnosis Weekly, first of all. Yes, thank you. Thank and um, just tell me, tell me a little bit. What what are your roles um, um, on the PSB? Um, what, what, what do you do? Tell us a little bit about that. Okay, we're Gary and I, and indeed Georgina Broom, who is the third member of the PSB. We are the professional specific board for hypnotherapy, and the CNHC, which is the Complementary Natural Health Care Council, have different PSBs for each therapy. Yeah. And this means that the CNHC are able to draw on specific expertise relating to each therapy. And that's quite important that they have that information because the CNHC themselves say that they are not therapists. So they benefit from having access to people that are active and working in the field. Yeah, great. And all, all of us... Every PSB with the CNHC, to use an awful lot of acronyms, (laughs) have very similar terms of reference and membership criteria. So there's evenness across the board. However, we all have our own particular expertise, and it's that expertise that we're called upon to use in a number of different ways. The fortunate thing is because Gary, Georgina and myself have different areas of specialty and expertise and interest, it means that they get a balanced view rather than having three therapists all working exactly the same way. Georgina is more involved in professional association perspectives. I'm more involved perhaps in the teaching side and Gary Gary certainly came into this very much as, as a expert therapist yeah absolutely so so we have differences yet we all work together and there's a number of different things that we are asked to do as a group some of those relate to profession enhancing i would call it so for example last year 
Gary, Georgina and myself were all involved in reviewing the core curriculum for hypnotherapy. And the wonderful thing is that this gets reviewed fairly regularly and it goes out to the profession for consultation. And this means that the hypnotherapy profession themselves actually have a big say in what we regard as the minimum standards for safe and competent practice. So we were involved in that last year. We also get involved in other things such as providing expert reports if there's complaints made to the CNHC and certainly representing the CNHC. I got involved last year with a project with the Royal Society of Public Health about um, widening the health workforce. Yeah. And there's actually a really good, there's a really good publication that people can get hold of now called Untapped Resources, Accredited Registers and the Wider Workforce. And if anybody's interested, on page eight, there's something called What is a Healthy Conversation? Mm. And it's all about encouraging the wider lifestyle and health improvements. And that's something as hypnotherapists, we're particularly good at, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. excellent, excellent. So I'll allow Gary to get his, his words in, otherwise um, <laughs> you won't get a balanced answer. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was going to say, there's not a lot I, I need to add to that. So certainly, um, yeah, we, we meet twice a year or, or we have one of our members meets in, in a group um, once a year and then we have the, the full three of us meeting once a year with the, the other PSB members as well from, from other boards um, because obviously there's a lot of commonality. Uh, probably, yes, as Kate mentioned, I, I think our biggest... Uh, thing that we've been involved in for the last couple of years was really looking at the, the, natu- the, the national occupational standards and curriculum uh, yeah. as it uh, affected the, the CNHC um, and that's where things that, that um, as we discussed previously about the p- potential of online training was discussed and, and um, what, how we think things should move forward. Um, probably the other thing that, that I don't think Kate mentioned, I mean yes we get involved in expert reports and uh, should we be required to, uh, we also sit as a, as a member on the con and competence panel uh, for any sort of um, professional competence allegations and, and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, um, you know, how 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 is it? I mean, how is it that you've got these roles? I, I, I'm interested. You, you know, I, I have personal experience of you both, so I can mm-hmm. understand absolutely how you came to get these roles. But I, I'm I'm guessing that there was there was a process of some kind. Uh, yeah, um, you're on on the board. Once you're voted on, I bet it's a three year tenure. Uh, and uh, the, the way it goes out is uh, originally the CNHC um, asks for potential members uh, of the board. Um, you put uh, your own pitch forward, uh, reasons why you would like to apply. Um, and then it, it goes out to election um, for CNHC members of that specific profession. Right. And um, so there, there was a number of people that that, that applied, and there was four of us at the time were actually voted in uh, through the membership uh, body Out of, of the eight. CNH. Sorry, there were eight original applicants. Uh, yes, there was. Yeah, there was really? eight original. Four, four of us were voted in. Um, sadly, one has since resigned. So, so we're now down down to the three. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, I, I, this is this is so. Ultimately, you you are also champions. You are champions of the field. Um, um, I, I expect some kind of, you know, roof, roofless 
bus parade around your local town <laughs> following yeah. these, these events. And, and one thing that I'm really interested, you know, that, that I mentioned off air, um, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm really interested in, in your reasoning behind it. You know, why did you apply for these roles? Right, do, you, do you want to start on that one, Kate? Yeah, sure. I, I certainly wanted, I always think that the, the best way that you can make changes is from the inside. Yeah. And rather than just standing on the outside, sort of jumping up and down and sort of complaining about it, far better to get stuck in and get involved and help make those changes. And I'm very much pro good quality training. I mm. certainly feel very strongly that as a profession, we're only as good as the weakest person within that profession. So for me, I really wanted to be involved in as many different ways as I could in helping to raise the standards of professionalism, the standards of training. And the CNHC do have a role in that. Yes, they're very much involved in public protection. But part of that is ensuring that the public have access to sufficiently trained, competent, ethical practitioners. Yeah. And the core curriculum certainly sets out a minimum standard of training that I think, certainly with my doctoral research, not it showed that not everybody knows about it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. Um, um, you, you know, I, I've, I've said this before. Uh, you're, you're a real woman after my own heart with regards to, with regards <laughs> to that, you know, um, um, absolutely. Um, and what about you, Gary? Uh, some some of it is similar. Uh, I mean, I, I'm a great believer in that, that I, I would like to see the industry regulated because there are too many sort of untrained, learnt off of YouTube type people in the market. So I, I wanted to see preferably um, some proper uh, sort of uh, uh, bodies looking after it. But the, the nearest we've got is a, is a voluntarily, voluntarily one, which is that the CNHC. Uh, I agree with Kate that the only way you can make changes and try and move things forward is from the inside uh, rather than standing outside complaining that the industry is not regulated. So uh, for the same reason that I was there, it was interesting, obviously, having an input to, to the standards, um, which uh, I find very important and uh, very glad that I could make an input to that. Uh, and I think the other thing that uh, that put me forward in this one specifically, when, when it looked at the people that were actually applying, um, obviously, yes, we've all got uh, different backgrounds and so on. But uh, Kate, obviously, as part of her uh, remit is, is um, on the B BSCH. Uh, Georgina is GHR. We, we also have a member of the NCH. And I'm not suggesting they are, but but uh, obviously they, they might have other motivations or sort of biases to, towards certain things. Um, whereas I came on board as, as a total uh, sort of impartial member. So I'm, I'm totally independent, although I am members of all of those. I'm not involved in the boards or the management or anything like that. So I, I came in as, as really the, the only independent therapist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, certainly. And I think with wearing, I sort of wear double hats, particularly in my role with the PSB, I am a therapist as well. And I also, with Hypnotist I teach. So we, I was able to look at it both from a professional association perspective with the BSCH and from a teaching perspective. Yeah. As yeah. well as a therapist. Yeah. But it's, yeah. I, I think it's so good to have this range of individuals in the PSB so that we give a balanced perspective yeah you know um, um for me 
for me, you know, it, it's it's real music to my ears to to hear you both talking about wanting to wanting to to go and and to do something constructive and you know the fact that you quite clearly believe in a certain a certain yeah, and have a certain vision for the field about the way um, um, it should be done and and the kind of standards that we're looking to adhere to is really encouraging as far as I'm concerned you know um, I'm, I'm, I said to you both off air that I was slightly embarrassed with with my my sort of lack of uh, and depth of, of knowledge about the CNHC and their role and um, um, the, um, the 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 discussions I had with with Sheila Ingalls, as well as now with yourselves, have been really, really encouraging, and um, I'm, I'm, have, have really put a smile on my face. Um, thank you both. Thank you both for, for for having your arms twisted to to, to come and get back on uh, uh, this podcast. I really, really appreciate it. Um, Kerry Coles, Kate Beaven, Marks. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Great stuff. Uh, major thanks to Kate and Gary for uh, coming and offering up their time and explaining uh, as much as they did. Um, um, great stuff. Do go take a look at the CNHC website. Get in touch with them directly if you have a question. Uh, there's a link uh, over at this episode's page of the Hypnosis Weekly website. And you know what? That is it. For this week's 91st edition, a special edition, um, I do have many more exciting guests that are welcome to Hypnosis Weekly in coming weeks. We'll be discussing, debating, celebrating and above all remaining friends. Now next time out, I'm very excited to say that I'm welcoming a hero of mine. Yes indeed, the one and only Professor Irving Kirsch. We'll be talking about hypnosis, we'll be talking about placebo and lots more besides. I think you're going to love it, I can't wait to share it with you. Um, but that's it for another edition of this Hypnosis Weekly podcast. <coughs> uh, if I manage to, to see it through without choking to death. Uh, all the references made in the discussions along with related links posted at each episode on the Hypnosis Weekly website www.hypnosis-weekly.com. I absolutely welcome your thoughts, comments, suggestions and questions. Do please message me or add them on the Hypnosis Weekly website and I'll make sure they are addressed, answered and explored accordingly. Please do share this podcast on Facebook, Twitter and anywhere else and really help us reach the hypnosis field. My thanks again to everybody at the CNHC, um, in particular Sheila Ingalls. My thanks to uh, Gary Coles and Kate Beaven Marks for coming and being involved today as well. My name is Adam Eason. This has been Hypnosis Weekly. Until next time, goodbye for now. Mm-hmm.